Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. How's everybody doing today? Good. I got to tell you, I am excited to speak. Second service was amazing, and I am believing great things for third service. Everybody's good? All right, all right. Um, So today, I am really excited to talk to you about children's ministry. If you don't know me yet, my name is Martin Fernandez. I'm the children's director here at NBCC. I have to tell you, I'm smiling because I love serving in children's ministry. It's awesome. It's amazing. Working with kids is my passion. Um, I'm going to take a break from my notes for a second, and I know it just started, so that's weird, but I have to tell you, I had, an, I had a volunteer stop me in the uh, lobby area she's serving today, and she said, you know, my son, I got to tell you about my son, and her son used to be a student of mine. He went ahead and did something crazy. He grew up, and uh, now he's going to new youth, but she said, my son, he's serving today. He's serving today, and he's so excited. I got to tell you, I got to tell you, all his laundry is on the floor. It's all over the floor, but the only shirt hanging in his closet, nice, crisp, and clean, is his new kid's shirt. (laughs) That's the shirt. He gets it ready, and he was so excited. He was so excited to wear his shirt, but today, he did something weird. Today, he said, Mom, I need my Adidas jacket. She said, why do you need your Adidas jacket? Because Mr. Martin wears an Adidas jacket when he teaches. I can't tell you, man. That was so cool. That was so cool. That blessed me in such a way. If your kids come home and they start talking about growing weird facial hair, I am so sorry. But um, we love to impact kids, and, and, and we get to do that from time to time. Well, today I'm excited. I've heard it said that uh, we all make God famous for something. And today, my goal is to make God famous for what he does on a weekly basis in children's ministry. It's awesome. It's so cool. How many people in the room currently serve in New Kids? Please raise your hand if you serve in New Kids. If you serve in New Kids, all right, a couple of you, not enough. I'm going to be honest, it's just not enough. Um, Thank you. I love this team, and I want to say thank you because each of you are amazing people. I don't know if you guys know, but weekly, God uses them to close the distance between heaven and his kids every single week. They do this with their sacrifice of time, and I'm honored to serve alongside of every single one of them. You guys, you understand that every kid is going through a phase. A phase is a time frame in a kid's life where we can, as a team, leverage distinct opportunities to influence their future. Distinct opportunities like playing with them, like praying with them and teaching them. Each of you, are intentional about making the most of moments with kids. And I'm so appreciative because you know that every moment matters. And it's moments with people that change people. It's not just words. It's strategically understanding and identifying when to seize a God moment with someone and bring them closer and close the distance between them and heaven. I'm excited to share with you guys today. I don't know if you could tell. I'm really excited. I believe with all my heart, I believe with all my heart that God is a God of strategy, and he has strategically positioned the church to influence people that influence kids. He's positioned them with love. He's positioned them with hope. He's positioned them with freedom. 
He's loaded each of us week after week with great messages, every service, with the resources to influence and reach a community and their kids with Jesus. I'm excited to talk today because we're going to be talking about three things. We're going to be talking about what New Kids Ministry is, why it's important, how to get involved, and we're also going to talk about how the church is strategically positioned to influence people that influence kids. You guys ready? All right, all right. In order to understand New Kids Ministry better, I have to tell you what it's not. I got to be honest. New Kids is not just the children's play area. It's not. We do have video games and we do have basketball hoops and clubhouses and prize tables. We do have soft play areas and, and kids are able to jump and run around in certain classes, but those things are only used for the first 15 minutes and the last five minutes of class. And maybe it's your first time here and you've never seen one of our classrooms or maybe you've been coming here for years, but that's all that you have seen. I wanna tell you there's so much more than that. So much more happens between that first 15 minutes and that last five minutes in class. New Kids is an over-the-top children's ministry where every single kid matters. They're valuable. And we want, to, we want them to experience God's love in a fun and engaging way so that they wanna come back. I, I'm, I'm probably gonna tell you guys a lot of stories. I promise they're all true. I'm gonna tell you guys a lot of stories while I'm sharing today. Um, I find that Jesus, when, when he was teaching, he would share through a lot of stories and it worked really, really good for him. So I'm thinking that maybe I'll just take a page out of his book and I'll share some stories with you if that's okay with you guys. All right. Not too long ago, we had a student. She was about seven or eight years old. She'd come to class just like everybody else. She'd play games and she'd hang out with us, but she was real quiet. She was just one of those quiet kids. As a matter of fact, in the beginning, I think I could count on one and a half hands how many words she said to me. She just wouldn't talk. You didn't hear a lot out of her until praise and worship started. When praise and worship started, the music would go up and the tears would come down. She would just start to cry. And I'm talking real tears, the kind of tears that stream down your face like uncontrollable crying. We'd approach her and, and we'd ask her if everything was all right, you know, is everything okay, sweetheart? And she would just cry and cry. We talked to mom about it. We were like, mom, is everything okay? Is everything okay at home? And, and she said, you know, I think, I think our daughter's just really, really sensitive. This continued for weeks and, and then it continued for a couple of months. And I researched it further. I wanted to know, maybe it was the lights, you know, maybe they were really, really bright and they were hurting her eyes. Or maybe it was the sound. Maybe it was just really, really loud and it was hurting her ears. Or, or maybe she didn't like church. That would be horrible. Maybe she didn't like church. Or, or maybe she didn't like me. Maybe it was me. I started to get a complex. So I reapproached mom and I said, Mom, I didn't call her mom. She's not my mom. But I said, Hey, <laughs> hey, um, can I ask you, is, is everything all right? She, she's still crying. It's been a couple of months. And she said, We don't know. We, we honestly don't know. We can't tell you. But I think it's just that she's just really sensitive. All right, well, a couple of weeks went by, and, and one day, I'll never forget this, it was right after, right about the time of dismissal, I feel like a tug. You know when somebody shorter than you tugs on your jacket? I felt a little tug, and I heard a little voice, and it said, Mr. Martin, can I talk to you? I knew it was her. I said, this is it. 
This is the moment this kid is going to tell me I am the worst children's minister that has ever walked the face of the earth. I've ruined her life. She doesn't want to believe in Jesus anymore. Her family is going to tell Pastor Joe I'm in trouble. I said, what is this, sweetheart? She said, I'd like to tell you why I cry. She said, it's not the sound or the lights. It's the words. They mean so much to me to know that God did all that for me, that he sent his son for me, that he loves me. I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful that it makes me cry. And I want to tell you that I love coming to church and I love having you as my teacher. And in that moment, that child did the most adult little person thing that she ever did. She saw my face and she knew. She reached up with those two hands and she went to give me a hug. And if you know me, I don't like hugs. But in that moment, she knew I needed one. So she gave me a hug. She gave me a hug. And in that moment, she broke me. Now I'm hugging kids all the time and I can't turn it off. <laughs> Please don't hug me in the hallway. <laughs> that family was here. Um, it was last week. I was sharing with Pastor Joe. It was around Valentine's Day. And... Uh, all the people in that family are awesome. They're a beautiful family. And, and, and the girls showed up and they wanted to pass out these uh, Christian fortune cookies, which means basically you crack it open and there's biblical wisdom inside. And uh, they wanted to pass that out to the class. So I said, okay, we could pass it out to class. We'll do it after class just in case anybody's allergic. We don't even want anybody to blow up in class. So we're going to make sure that we pass it out after service. They said, yeah, okay. And um, her sisters came in, but she stayed uh, on the other side of the entryway and she was crying. She was crying. And mom indicated that she had a low-grade fever. It was low, but she didn't want to let her go into class because she didn't want to get any other kids sick. So she wanted to make sure that she brought her into service so she got prayed for because she wanted that sickness gone. She was crying. And I knew why she was crying. She was crying because she wanted to go to church. So I stepped around the counter, and I got down, and I looked at her, and I said, it's okay, sweetheart. And I gave her a hug. She needed one. And I said, listen, here's what we're learning. I pulled out my phone. I showed her on the Bible app. I said, you're not going to miss anything. This is what we're teaching in class today. I gave the resources to her mom. She went into service. They had an awesome time. I met with them afterwards, and, and she was happy. She was feeling better because she got her healing. Yeah. That kid, that kid changed me. She changed me. And many kids in this children's ministry have changed me. New kids, I have to explain to you, it's, it's more it's more than what happens in the first 15 minutes, last five minutes. New Kids is an over-the-top children's ministry where every single kid matters. Their tears matter, their feelings matter, what they're into matters, everything matters. We want kids to experience God's love in a fun and engaging way so that they want to come back. And when a child wants to come back to church, we're winning. We're winning. That means we're winning. When a child has so many other things that can grab their attention, cell phones and all kinds of crazy things that can grab their attention, but they're crying at the entrance because they want to go to church, guys, we're winning. We're winning. See, God is, he's a God of strategy. And our strategy for reaching kids is really simple. It's really simple. We embrace them with God's love so that they never doubt it. We engage them with God's love so that it's relevant and fresh and alive and they can think about it throughout the day. And we affirm them with God's love. We affirm them with God's love so that they know that they are valuable and they matter. We mobilize them with God's love so that they share what they learn with others. Our goal is really simple too. 
to share the gospel in a fun and engaging way so that kids can make the wise choice, so that they can trust God no matter what, and so that they will treat others the way that they want to be treated. So we embrace them, engage them, affirm them, and then mobilize them. You guys are looking at me like, Mr. Martin, you mobilize them. They ain't even driving yet. How do you mobilize them? Where are these kids going to go? Let me unpack this a little bit and, um, and explain it to you. When I say that we embrace them with God's love so that they never doubt it, it's because sometimes kids doubt it. And if we're going to be honest with ourselves, sometimes we doubt it. Sometimes we doubt it. Matthew 19, 13, 14 says that one day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. Anyone here ever feel like they're a bother, like they've been a bother before? You know, kids do. Kids feel sometimes, maybe most times, like they're a bother. But Jesus said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And then he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. Any adults ever come to church with low self-esteem? Do you know that there are kids that come to church with low self-esteem? They feel like a bother. They've been bullied, overlooked, ignored, pushed aside. Sometimes they doubt that God loves them. Kids need to know God's not only just up there somewhere, but that he's for them, that he cares about him, about them, and that, that he loves them, that he wants to be near them and be their friend, and that the kingdom of heaven is theirs. So we embrace kids with God's love so that they never doubt it. Jesus is still saying today, let the kids come to me. Let the kids come to me. Only now he gets to say it through all of us. So we embrace them and then we engage them. We engage them with God's love so that it remains relevant and fresh throughout their day. Engage means to participate or become involved. Everybody say participate. participate. Everybody say become involved. I always wanted to say that. I was just messing with you guys. No, but it does. It means participate or become involved. And in order to do that with kids at church, you have to provoke a child's faith not provoke it in a bad way, but you have to get their gears turning. You have to get them to start thinking. You have to, you have to teach it to them and sell it to them so that they can get their arms around it and bring it and share it, and, and they want to know why it works. That's why you have to provoke their faith. And I wish I had more time to talk about this. Um, and, and you know what? I wish the last time that I t- taught this, I'm going I'm to teach it this time too. Did you know that when you take two Mentos and a soda bottle and you drop it in the soda bottle, that it explodes. We know in children's ministry, it goes everywhere and it makes a huge mess. <laughs> it makes a giant mess. And if you wanna provoke a child's faith, you need to give them visuals that are exciting and change the landscape, that'll grab their attention and make a mess and it will make them want to share what they learned with others because it's exciting and it's fresh. And when you drop two Mentos in a soda bottle, you can tell them that it's like dropping faith and love into somebody's situation. It's explosive. It makes a mess. It'll change the landscape in their life. And you can use this illustration at home with your friends and your family when they're sad, when they're miserable. You can share with them. You can say all you need is a little bit of love and a little bit of faith and Jesus will change your whole world. Yeah, kids will wrap their arms around that and they'll want to share it. So we engage kids in a fun and exciting way. And then we affirm them. 
We affirm them with God's love so that they know that they're valuable and they matter. Affirmation is so important. Kids need to know how much they matter. And in children's ministry, we make it a point to do that because God did that. Before Jesus did all that he did, he went to get baptized. In Matthew 3.17, when Jesus went to be baptized, he came out of the water and God the Father affirmed him. He said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Then Jesus went on to do amazing things. And in order for our kids and students to do great things, they have to be affirmed. They need to know that they matter. Sometimes they need to even know that they matter before the test. Sometimes they need to know that they matter before the big game. Sometimes they need to know that they matter before they bring home their report card. Sometimes they just need to know that they matter. And sometimes kids don't know. So we embrace, we engage, and we affirm them. And then we mobilize them. We mobilize them with God's love so that they can share what they learn with others. You know, we teach the gospel as a verb in children's ministry. And I say a verb because a verb is a word of action. And Mark 16, 15 says to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And there is no person in the church, in any church, that has a greater sphere of influence than a child. They know like 24 kids in their class and they're all their best friends. They know grandma, mima, stepma, some other ma. They know all kinds of people and they know their cousins, their sisters, their brothers, their neighbors, and they know them completely. One time I was uh, one of the kids said to me, you know, Mr. Martin, Mr. Martin, I shared your message. It was awesome. I shared your message. I said, who'd you share the message with? I said, my dog. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. That dog got saved. <laughs> Another kid jumped up and he was like, Mr. Martin, me too. I shared that, that story with my cat and my squirrel and my duck. And I'm like, where in New Jersey do we allow children to have squirrels and ducks as pets? Kids will share the gospel with every creature. And when they do so, they're unafraid. They're unafraid. When kids are mobilized and empowered to share their faith, they are unashamed, they are unafraid, and they're expectant. They actually believe that the words that they're sharing are going to change somebody's world, their life, and they can't wait to share them because they want to be a part of that. When we become intentional about how we mobilize kids to share what they learn in church, They'll reach others. One time, uh, there was this kid in the Bible. We don't even know his name, but he was in a crowd of 5,000 plus hungry adults. And he was the only one in the entire crowd who had the sense to pack a lunch. He shared his resources with God, and God took those resources and he blessed it, and he was able to feed the entire crowd in such a way that when they were done, there was enough left over so that if anybody showed up later, they'd still have it. And if we become intentional about our kids and put resources in their hands to share, God can do the same with them and reach an entire community of hungry people that don't even know that they're hungry yet. Kids are legit. I love working with kids, they're important. As a matter of fact, I can't count how many times in the Bible that God refers to us as adults, but as I look through scripture, I can count time and time again where he refers to us as his kids, his children. 
That's not a diss. That means that kids are important. That means that children are important. God puts a premium on children because the kingdom of heaven is theirs and he wants us to be like that, expectant, unafraid. God wants kids to know that he made them. It's real simple. He wants them to know he made them, he loves them, and that he wants to be their friend forever. This is why our kids' ministry is so intentional about embracing, engaging, affirming, and mobilizing our kids with God's love. And the church, the church is strategically positioned to influence people who influence kids. True story, one of our best teachers, both her and her husband, they became members at the church here because a greeter was intentional about remembering their name. And the following week they came and they were blown out of the water that this person remembered their name. And that may sound silly, but it's not. They decided that they were gonna join the church. And, and after joining the church, they decided, I'm not just gonna sit in a seat. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get hooked up. And they started serving in children's ministry. And they have been here for a couple of years now and hundreds of kids have gotten saved because of their efforts. Person didn't even serve in children's ministry. All they did was be intentional about serving and saying hello because the church is strategically positioned to influence people that influence kids. Everyone from the parking lot team to the prayer team to the worship team to the ushers and greeters, anyone who serves here has been strategically positioned to influence people who influence kids. People who serve realize that moments matter because it's moments with people that change people. Jesus was real big on moments. You know, he's God. He could have done everything the first day he showed up, but he didn't. He was always present and in the moment with people. He wanted to spend time with the disciples. He was intentional with everything he said and did with people because moments matter. In kids' ministry, we believe that there are moments in a kid's life where we can leverage distinct opportunities to influence their future. This is done through small, consistent deposits of time. And if we want our kids to have a healthy sense of wisdom, faith, connection, if we want them to make the right choices, we need to be intentional about what we do over time. Serving is a distinct opportunity to build a moment and influence a person's future. When you serve, you make a deposit of love through the vehicle of time. I got real serious there, so I need to back up and I need to just like cool out for a second. There's a book um, Jerry and I were reading. Uh, we, we were working with some people and um, it's written by Ken Ham and his brother Steve Ham. They're the Ham brothers. And um, I thought that was hilarious, I'm sorry. Um, they're awesome speakers and writers. And in their book, Raising Godly Kids, in an ungodly world, they tell a story about Vegemite kids. Vegemite, if you don't know, it's a popular food item. I'm told it's very good for you and that it's loaded with vitamin B. It's kind of like peanut butter for Australians. Only one thing, it tastes absolutely nothing like peanut butter. It's a brown sludge of, anybody ever have it? It's like a brown sludge of salty bitterness um, it's not attractive to look at, but they put it on almost everything. They put it on spaghetti, which is just weird to me, but they, they put it on bread and they crave it. That's why they put it on everything. They crave it. Ken explains in his book why. Uh, realizing the nutritional benefits of Vegemite, most moms 
will take newborns and place a small amount of Vegemite on their tongues daily. Over time, this child will grow to crave this food that is a staple food in their way of life, and it's good for them. My point is this. The gospel is the same way with kids and with all of us, really. At times, it may seem unattractive, even hard to swallow, but the gospel is good for you. And with small, consistent deposits over time, kids will crave it. Kids will crave it. You see, for kids, it's not a single phrase that will impact and change them and cause them to hunger and thirst after God. It's not one phrase. It's consistent phrases over time. When we choose to be present, it's more than just showing up. It's about knowing kids, finding out what they're into, listening to them, and engaging them so that they feel like they belong. When a person decides to be present in a child's life, They earn that child's trust and gain the ability to influence their future because kids know when you love them and they know when they're just a bother. They know. John 13, 35 says this. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. When you choose to be present, when you choose to show up, when you choose to volunteer, others See you walk out your faith. I'm so thankful to be a part of a church that walks out their faith. I'm so thankful to be a part of a church that understands being present with kids matter. This is why we're motivated to create beautiful spaces where kids feel like they belong. Lead small groups that provoke their faith. Provide engaging curriculum that kids can share and remember. Host over-the-top children's events that make kids want to come back and invite their friends. You may not have known that all this was going on in New Kids, but it is, and it's cool, and we need help. Let me give you a snapshot. I want to give you a snapshot of all the classrooms. Um, Nursery is awesome. Nursery is really, really cool. Babies six weeks to 23 months immediately need you. This class is designed to embrace kids with God's love during their first steps, and it sets the tone for each step after. Nursery volunteers need to be consistent Because new moms and new parents won't leave their kids with a stranger. We need people to volunteer for nursery. Kids need them. Toddler's the best. Toddler's cool. Um, This class recognizes that kids two to three years old, they have no business ever handling glitter or a magic marker. And if we have ever sent a child home with glitter in their hair and you've spent laborious hours trying to get it out, I apologize. It wasn't me. I wasn't on that day. Um, They're learning new skills. They're learning more than just building crafts. They are also developing the confidence that they need to move forward through every other phase in life. Words are being grouped together to form sentences, and some of those sentences are, Jesus is my best friend. They actually have a song, and they sing it over and over and over, Jesus is my best friend. K through first is our preschool class. This class is fun. During this phase, every kid is shouting, look at me, look at me, look at me. They are all shouting, look at me, look at me, and they want you to look at all of them. All their sentences are smashed together. They're wearing glasses for the first time. They're losing their teeth. They want to show you that they're losing their teeth. They're putting their tooth in their pocket and they're pulling it out to show you and say, look at my tooth. They're, they're fantastic. <laughs> they want to prove to you that they can climb, dance, climb, sing, climb, and climb. They say a lot. 
And everything that they say is unfiltered. Everything that they say is unfiltered. Guys, we know it all. You have no secrets in church. (laughs) They're gonna ask why 47 times, when 52 times, and several other questions before the end of class. But the most important question that they ask is for Jesus. They ask if Jesus can really come into their heart and be their savior. And we say yes, and they'll do it because you told them that it's important and that they matter. We need K through first volunteers. Elementary, elementary is second to fifth grade. This class is amazing. We realize in this class that we only have 208 weeks left before they graduate out. That's 208 weeks, which aren't really weeks, they're only days. They're only days because if they're here on Sunday, we get them a day and it's not really a day, it's only an hour. That means we have 208 hours to affect them before they graduate out. They're in that weird age where action figures and dolls have been traded for cell phones and video games and shoes. They care about their image, but they want to be funny too. During this phase, kids are reading at school and that means that they can read their Bibles too. For the first time, they're really getting that they should be sharing God's love with others. Kids at school may or not believe in God and and they're they're gonna have questions and they're gonna wanna know why and they need us to help them navigate through the Bible and find the answer so that they can reach their friends and their family members. We need elementary volunteers. Exceptional students is our newest classroom. Kids love to run, jump, play, dance, imagine, and learn in general. They're growing and they love to have fun. This is the same for children with autism. In this sensory room designed for children with ASD, kids are treated like they matter because they do. They're not just special, they're exceptional. These kids are God's kids. It's common that children engineered with autism spectrum disorder go unchurched. It's common that families with children that have ASD go unchurched. It's common that some churches have absolutely no plan or strategy to reach these kids. But we are not a common church. We believe that every kid is a work of art and that Jesus is still calling them, all of them. And we're still learning. We're still learning. We need volunteers in this exceptional student class because all the kids there matter. Guys, this is not just a report of what's happening in new kids as much as it is an appeal for help. If you're sitting in service week after week and and you're receiving resources, we need you to be a part of the service. We need you to be like those two mentos that I talked about earlier. We We need you to drop your faith and your love into service. We need you to be explosive and change the landscape so that we can change the landscape of this community with God's love. We need you to get up and serve. John 13, 35 says this. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. If you're a part of this church, you have a purpose, and that's to close the distance between heaven and God's kids. It's time to step up and be a part of the service. Maybe after hearing this message, you found that you had no idea all of this stuff was going on in the classrooms, and you want to help out but you're scared to teach, don't worry. We would never put you in that situation. We would never just push you into the pool and say, swim, it's not gonna happen. We spend time training everyone on our team. 
Our curriculum comes from a company called Orange, and they're awesome. They're fantastic. As a matter of fact, a lot of what I'm sharing with you today is directly influenced by them. We're going to train you with that. Maybe you're older or younger, or maybe you don't have kids, and you're wondering, yes, yes, we'll tell you right now, there is a place for you. Maybe you'd like to serve, but you heard kids' ministry is just for women. That's a lie. I'm a man. And Jesus was a man, and he said, let the kids come to me. In children's ministry, if I can give you a a picture, we set up achievable targets that will help our kids grow their faith. Every now and then I tell a story about my oldest son, Aiden. I love this kid. Archery is kind of like a big deal in our family. We like it. We aren't very good at it, but we like arrows. We think they're cool. One day, we set up a target in the backyard and we took our bows out. He had just gotten a compound bow and he thought it was the coolest thing. Um, He had been watching CW uh, Green Arrow and he was like, yeah, I'm gonna get out there and I'm gonna shoot it, it's great. And uh, we set up the target and when we set it up, we put it in the backyard and we took a couple steps back and he took a shot, he missed it. When I tell you arrows went into the woods, went through the woods, went over the fence, went into the tree, just hit a squirrel, he missed it, he missed it. He took another shot. Missed it again. Took another shot. Missed it again. I said, Aiden, what's going on? He said, the target. The target is too small. The target is really, really far away. I can't shoot the target. You put the target so far away. I looked at him. I said, yeah, it's the target's fault. It's the target's fault. So I took him. I said, come with me. And I put him right in front of the target, ridiculously close. I said, shoot. He's like, dad, I'm too close to the target. What are you talking about? And I said, shoot. He said, no, I'm too close to the target. I'm going to hit myself. I said, all right, I'll take a step back. Took a step back, shot, bullseye. I said, good job. He's like, you're really funny. I'm standing right in front of it. Of course I hit it. I said, no, 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 no. Let's, let's take a couple of steps back. Let's take a couple steps back. Bullseye. Take another couple of steps back. Take another couple of steps back. Bullseye. I'm like, good job, son. Good job. Now he's standing over here and he's shooting bullseye. Good job, son. Good job. He's standing over here. Bullseye, bullseye. Kid's walking around. He's feeling like the green arrow. And he's like, this is exciting. I can hit the bullseye. We were done, and, and I said to him, I said, Aiden, what was the difference? What was the difference from when we started and when we finished? He's like, Dad, you're not going to turn this into a lesson, right? And he said, yeah, no. <laughs> I, said, I said, what was the difference? He goes, well, you put me really, really close to the target, and I saw how big it was, and I, I knew exactly where it was, and I knew I, 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 knew I could hit it. And then as a couple steps went back, I got more confidence and, and I knew I could hit it. The target just became so familiar to me, I could hit it, of course I could hit it. Once I, once I saw how big it was, I just knew that I could hit it. Kids need to know that they can hit the target. We need to get them ridiculously close to all of their targets and guide them while they take aim. Not just so that they can hit the target while they're in church, This is for like an hour and a half a week. Not just so that they can hit the targets in church, but so that they can hit the target from no matter where they stand, in school, at the beach, at the park, when they're at a party and they're trying to share their faith. Everyone else is sharing what they did in gymnastics, but this kid wants to share about Jesus and parents are hushing them. Yeah, they need to know. They need to know. They need to know how to hit the target from wherever they stand and to be confident. Maybe you're here today and you're wishing that someone helped you to hit the targets. Maybe you're a teen and you're wondering, what's after New Kids? This sounds awesome. I want to be a part of that. Is there something for me? Yes, there is. New Youth. New Youth is awesome. 
This is our teen student ministry, and everyone on that team is committed to sharing Jesus with kids so that they can grow their faith. They believe that they are the current church. They're the next generation, but they are the current church, and they want to instill faith in them. Yeah, it's an awesome team. My son goes to that team. Maybe you're an adult, and you would just like to hit the target once in your life, but there's an obstacle, and you're having a hard time. I know somebody who had an obstacle once. I'm going to end with this because I started with this. It's a story that involves Pastor Barbara. There was a man. He was a leader, but he was broken. He had a hard life, and he came to believe that God was nothing more than an old man on a mountain with a lightning bolt waiting to get him. He was driving one day while at work, and he saw a sign, and it said, 180 teens. So he decided, wow. I need to recruit teens to work for me for work. I'm going to go in there and get them all. 180 teens, I'm totally going to do that. So he went into the building with flyers. And he went to a window. And Barbara was in the window. And he said, hey, I'm here. Um, I work for this company. And I want to drop off uh, these flyers because I'd like to recruit your 180 teens. I saw the sign. She laughed in the most polite way possible because 180 teens is not what it said. It was like 180 degrees, like when you turn around in your life. It was what the teen center was called that time. And she was kind to him. She actually came out from behind the window and she said to him, this is a church. This is a church. She gave him the tour of the campus. She said, look, this is where all the classrooms are gonna be. And then she took him into the sanctuary. It was much smaller than this at that time. She took him into the sanctuary and there were guys playing guitars with, they were all tattooed up and, and they were playing guitars and they were doing really, really good. She looked at him as he looked at them. And she said, you know, I really think that you should come to church tonight. I really, I really feel like I need to invite you to church tonight. He agreed to go. He went. And when he went, the pastor was a phenomenal speaker shared a message. He did his thing. And he went to close out the service that night, very similar to how I'm closing out the service now. People were getting their jackets on and they were starting to grab their bags. And then he stopped them. He said, oh, wait, 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 please stop. Stop. Everybody, just freeze. Don't move. I'm, I, I, we apologize, but I have, to, I have to do something. I have to say something. Don't move. There's a person in this room right now. You've been saying it. You've been thinking it. And God wants you to know he's not an old man on a mountain with a lightning bolt waiting to get you. That was 11 years ago, and I still can't figure out how my legs started moving. I made it to the front. When I got there, I rededicated my life to Christ. And now I serve in New Kids Ministry Hundreds of kids over the years have gotten saved. All because one person stepped out on faith. She was strategically positioned to influence people that would influence kids. She wasn't even in children's ministry, but she decided to serve that day. She decided to stand up and be a part of God's plan. Closing the distance between heaven and his kids. Maybe you're like I was. And you just need someone to invite you and tell you God's not an old man on a mountain with a lightning bolt waiting to get you. And he's still calling you. You're his kid. 
He's saying, come to me. I want to remove all the obstacles. If you're tired of running or hiding or, and you want to start hitting targets in your life, God's calling you. Every eye closed and every head bowed, please. If that's you and you would like to take another shot at the target, but this time you want God's help, if you're ready to follow him, we want to pray with you. Everybody, please repeat after me. Father, thank you for what you did for me, for sending your son to take my sin. I understand that he died for me and that it wasn't easy. I know that he's alive today because you raised him. And I want to follow you to make you my Lord today and every day after. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, please, don't, don't start moving around. Don't start doing anything. There's going to be somebody coming up in a moment, and they're going to be giving you next steps and, and talking to you about how to get connected and serving here. But if you said that prayer for the first time ever, there's a team that wants to meet you. There's a team that wants to talk to you and pray to you. So after service, please make sure that you come up because people are going to want to pray with you and talk to you and tell you more about this wonderful life. My life has been changed. If I don't stop talking, I want to talk to you guys all day. So I'm going to ask Bianca to come up. Did you guys have a good time in service today? Please, please serve. Please get connected to serving. Please don't let, please don't let this message just be something that stays in the seat. We need for you to stand up and be a part of God's plan and serve. Because the church, you're the church. And you've been strategically positioned to influence people that will influence kids. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.